0: All right, my talkers, happy Friday. We made it. We're here. The weekend is right around the corner, but we've got two more hours of fun with Lori and special guest host. It's Brittany Which The word on the street is we might be able to see a glimmer of sun when we leave. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Okay. So um, I love following, like, classic rock and pictures or history of rock. There's all these great Twitter and Insta sites where they just, you know, they're showing Really cool photos, you know, of rock and rollers and different people. And anyway, today the classic rock and pictures: Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen at the recording of "We Are the World." And I looked at the photo, and I'm like, "Oh, this is why we were all in love with Bruce Bruce Springsteen yeah. in 1985. Yeah. he was oh hot beyond hot, and he's with Bob Dylan." <laughs> Who, you know, even Bobby looks so much like his son, Jacob, Dylan, in this photo. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, we are the world. Okay, what? what's it? Come to find out. We are the world was recorded on this date in 1985, January 28th. And um, I thought, I want to revisit this song, you know, this song. So let's just take a little listen to um, the actual song. That was Bob Dylan. Thanks for getting that. So here's how the the song is written by um, uh, Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. Produced by Quincy Jones, who was scoring the color purple at the time. But they were inspired. There's a famine in Africa. They were inspired by the band uh, Do You Know It's Christmas Song, which mm-hmm. raised a bunch of money. Bob Geldof yeah. had organized that. And so... They just got this idea. Actually, the person who got the idea is living legend. Probably very sad still because he's 96 years old and he lost his good friend Sidney Poitier. But Harry Belafonte is the one whose idea it was to to record a song and raise money. Yeah, He was just like, "We've, we've got to do something. And so this guy named Ken Cragen who... Just died. Uh, if you guys remember a few weeks ago, he was a notable obituary, and he is the one who put this together, getting all the artists and all of that. So it's Harry That's Belafonte's awesome. idea. Quincy Jones says, Yeah, I'll produce it. I'm going to ask Lionel Richie if he can write the song. And I'm going to ask Michael Jackson, who just released Thriller in '82. And he knew was a good songwriter. So, um, it, so anyway, so they wrote it. They Lionel moved into the Encino Jackson family compound and really? stayed there for a week. Spent every night working on lyrics and melodies in Jackson's bedroom. Jackson's older sister Latoya told People Magazine, "I'd go in the room, and while they were writing, it would be very quiet because usually Michael is very cheery when it works, but it was a very emotional." Uh, song for them and um, the first night of recording they had super tight security it was at the Kenny Rogers recording studio which was on Beverly Boulevard and um, they didn't end up recording the song there but um, they were just laying down tracks and kind of getting all the session musicians mm-hmm. and they the, the single biggest thing that Ken Cragen was worried about was that if the paparazzi if people get wind of the fact that we're going to have All these. 30 stars and they turned away 50 people wow um will this will be a disaster you know we'll never get anybody uh, to come in and the uh so anyway so Lionel Richie Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, James Ingram, Tina Turner, and Billy Joel sing the first verse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say the first one is Lionel and and Rogers. That's such
1: a wild lineup that that
0: many people you'd have in the room. Do you want to hear just part of the first verse? No, no, no. We have
1: them, Michael Jackson, and Diana Ross follow, completing the first chorus together. Then the second verse is Dionne Warwick, Willie Nelson, and Al Giro. Oh, dang. And then Bruce Springsteen... Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, and Daryl Hall go through the second chorus. Then Michael Jackson, Huey Lewis, Cyndi Lauper, and Kim Carnes follow with the song's bridge. And it ends with Bob Dylan and Ray Charles singing a full chorus, Stevie Wonder and Springsteen duetting, and ad-libs from Ray Charles and... um,
0: that's just Ingram. why. And so none of them took any profit, right? Like no, they no. all just did it for that.
1: That raised more than 63 million, which in 1985 would be $149 million today. And for humanitarian aid, it was the fastest selling U.S. pop single in history. It won three Grammys in January 2010. They redid We Are the World 25 for Haiti mm-hmm. because it had an earthquake in last or in March of 2020 Lino Richie was trying to get global solidarity during the COVID-19 pandemic and raise funds for efforts but that it didn't it didn't go anywhere but um, they you know uh, Michael Jackson Lino Richie they did They completed the whole song the night before the first recording session.
0: (laughs) Could you imagine the anxiety of like, we need to get this done, by the way, because 400, I mean, like 40 different planes are flying. They
1: were, they were on the vocal. They, they were concerned that the line, there's a chance we're taking, we're taking our own lives. They didn't want it to be referenced in any way to suicide. And Mm -hmm. when they listened back, Lionel said, let's change it. To we're saving our own lives. Ah, good call. Um, That's a great move. Yeah, and um, and then you know the 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 situation. I guess you know that night that they recorded the American Music Awards were happening, and Prince was also supposed to take part. And there's been several reasons given for his absence. One newspaper claimed he didn't want to record with other people. Another report suggested that Prince did not want to partake because the organizer, Bob Geldof, who was involved because he did the Do You Know It's Christmas, called Prince a creep. And Prince did, however, donate an exclusive track to the We Are The World soundtrack called For The Tears In Your Eyes. Stevie Wonder also asked Eddie Murphy to participate, but Eddie was recording Party All The Time and later said in interviews... I was an idiot. Yeah, right? Party I'm all the going. time. Like That could be recorded
0: any time. Like, yeah. It's not that important. And the
1: sign on the door uh, at the studio said, please check your egos at the door. And they were greeted by Stevie Wonder, who said, if we don't do this in one take, me and Ray, two blind men, yeah. we're driving everybody home. <laughs>
0: That's funny, and that's nice and disarming. You see that, and you are probably nervous about different egos. But you read that, and you go, "Okay, that's funny."
1: Yeah, and so you know, it was several hours, and in the early uh, morning, two Ethiopian women guests of Stevie Wonder were brought into the studio. Mm -hmm. They thanked everybody. Floods of tears. Oh, I bet you know. And um, it's
0: hard to imagine because the song it feels and it, it kind of kicked off. There was I feel like after this, like we were talking, you know, a little bit about the ripple effect. But it was such like a, a common thing for like getting together. You know, Hands Across America was '86. Mm-hmm. The idea of like doing something symbolic or, or doing Live an aid. action, Live Aid, yeah, yeah, um, to raise money, yeah, raise awareness, and yeah. It, maybe and maybe this could still be done, but it's definitely. It's going to have, it would have to be music. It's hard to do something union like this and have the sound of something today that people would really like
1: but not impossible. Well, this is why old music dominates all the charts. Thank you. That's what I was going
0: to say. You can't do... The the music that you have back then is much more of a staple and a a tool to use to build something like
1: this. They're worried about like newer artists and stuff because on all your streaming services, people are listening to the quote-unquote older music. It's Mm -hmm. not so much the new music. It's the best music. It's kind of whatever. Yeah, so, all right. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing based on that very darling picture. Oh, that Bob jacket too. That
0: it looks so like buttery smooth. His uh, like his leather everything jacket. Everything about him
1: is buttery smooth. <laughs> <laughs> right, Love it. See, we come back uh, with uh, Britney's random thoughts. And now Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's, it's just, just random. random. That's it's all random. it is.
0: Just random. All right. I know for sure. We'll both appreciate this. Uh, but we were talking about the Simpsons and their hairstyles yesterday. Are their choice of fashion. Well, originally Marge Simpson's hairstyle was designed that long way because there was going to be this ongoing joke about wanting to hide her rabbit
1: ears. I didn't know Marge Simpson was a rabbit. This is news to me. Me too. And so
0: the gig was meant to be revealed in the final episode of the series, but they scrapped it because the episodes, they started going much longer than series that they'd ever thought it would go. Right.
1: Um, and they're like, we can't reveal
0: her to be a bunny rabbit. I, wh- isn't that so weird? It's yeah. why they have her hair giant. Yeah. I just thought that that was wild. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was very uh, on point. I, I'm a little worried about bringing this up because we all, well, you have made us amazing pea soup and me and Grant have both oh, have no, devoured. My, my
1: mother-in-law who since her stroke has like, honestly, like a child. She goes too much ham, way too much ham. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey did put in so much ham. I'm like, Is oh, this it was how so much good. you like, and she just said to me, "Too much ham, too much ham." That's <laughs> funny.
0: Well, okay, so the projectile vomit in The
1: Exorcist was pea soup. Um, were you on the machine today? Yeah. Okay, this explains so much, Brittany, because. Uh, I heard Don and Steve reading from the machine today. And I only grabbed two. So far all of this is matching. And I only grabbed i <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time pretending interest. Lori does a hard time pretending. Lori, fine. You know what? I have this great one <laughs> oh that I think God. you'll love. Okay. I mean, I think we all knew the pea soup thing. I didn't. But I also like don't want to know it because but never, once I know I can't unknow. You never saw that
0: movie, I, I hope. I used Two from the machine that's it. I but just thought they were interesting. Did you see movie
1: ever yes. in your life? Oh yes. Oh my god. Terrifying.
0: I love I w- I I love the name Reagan and I've been waiting for long enough to be like can't- but people still remember. People no. still remember her name is Reagan and it's like Just like Damien. Yeah,
1: I know, when right? When Elizabeth Hurley named her kid Damien, we're like, "Oh no, the Omen. You know, yeah, the omen. Yeah. The omen, the devil child. 666 <laughs> the- six, six on his six. skull. Yeah. Oh, no. And then that weird artist, Damien Hirsch, who from Aldrich, Sharks. I mean, I just, I don't know how Damien's going to make a comeback. I
0: don't know either.
1: And no. I, although we love Damien Holbrook, our buddy from TV Guide. He kind of ghosted us. I think he was like, "What? why don't these guys pay me? <laughs> you
0: know? So I just had to do those two because we referenced them both recently. So I'm sorry. Here's one no, I like. I, I, you know, I, I got to be mean. I got to give you crap. I Because I kind of love it. Okay. You know I kind of love the abuse from yeah. you. Um. Here is Merriam-Webster's word of the day. I just like it because I think it's a word that we could throw out at people, like Mm -hmm. attacking them Mm -hmm. or attacking an idea. It's myopic, and it means not able to clearly see objects that are far away, but we would want to use it like this, myopic, narrow in perspective and without concern for broader implications. Um, And I think it's just an insult that, like, if you were in a meeting, you're like, I'm sorry, that idea just feels a bit myopic. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, is it? You know what I mean? Like, I think we could use that you could use that weaponize myopic pretty easily. Could you? Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like Grant. I feel like maybe you,
1: tunnel vision would be more easily. I know, uh, but you will want you want to see him I above. feel like we're having some tunnel vision here. <laughs> is more easily understood than myopic. But like, I'm just saying in mm-hmm. a general. Sense so that people don't roll their eyes and talk about you at the coffee machine later. Well, then maybe
0: you go like, oh, that I find that I find that idea to be a, a bit myopic. And then once everyone pauses, to go you go, you know, like a little tunnel vision. You just want to sound awesome. Got it. And yeah. I'm not
1: in a lot of meetings, so okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to recommend that people don't take you up on your suggestion. <laughs> Look how far I've gotten in I life. Think this is that, is the best I think it. people are going to just kind of roll their eyes at you and just say, "Why don't you say what you mean?" Which, yeah. Is a meeting thing anyway that there's too many people that use cliches and things that they don't mean. But oh, yeah,
0: did you want one of those Or you should be like
1: me and just say, you know, that a- idea absolutely sucks. We need to come up with another
0: one. <laughs> Brutal honesty is the best. I, I uh, love that's it. all you get. But I
1: haven't had to be in a meeting like that. For you a know
0: time. what? A saying that they use a lot in meetings that is kind of like the new trend lately. Let's put that in the parking lot.
1: Oh, right? Which is the old let's table that. Exactly. Yeah. We'll exactly. park that over there and we'll we'll circle back.
0: Exactly. Those are all the same thing. And yeah. I've heard my husband, you know, because he does his Zoom meetings yeah. and I've heard people say, let's go ahead. We'll put that in the parking lot. And it's just like a really nice way of being like, your idea is dumb. I don't want to deal with it we're right never, now. We're, we're never going to talk mm-hmm. about it again. It's myopic. It's myopic. <laughs> So did you know there's this huge fashion obsession with opera gloves right now? Well, hello, Kim Kardashian. Yep, Kim Kardashian, and then in a lot of Katy Perry's shows, she's wearing opera gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, a lot of people are buying and showing and wearing on a very casual level these like up to your, you know, elbow gloves, yeah. these satiny gloves. I'm gonna break mine out. I've, I, got
1: a, I've got a few pair myself. I was
0: hoping. That's the only reason I brought yeah. this up. I was literally hoping that that is what you would say.
1: Yeah, and also. In the time of people not wanting to touch things, you know, but still they are a pain in the butt to come roll off.
0: You have to. I don't know how to do anything sexy, so like I might have to practice the I'm biting
1: just, and like the not getting drool all over my finger. Yeah, you start with the little finger. Yeah, yeah. So I, I might have to practice. And then I mean, you work your way in. The you, thumb is last because you'll have your other fingers. So you start with the little finger. There you just go. Letting you know.
0: Um, I feel like first scarves and now you're teaching me how to do satin gloves <laughs> besides we, shaming me no, for my no, random no. No, just get here's me. the traffic get to grab yeah. here's one thing i wanted to give you quickly here some guy that gives so you the I random office set, talk i want to put this on everyone's radar and you may want to keep this in your back pocket oh yeah i'm going to piggyback off your oh. first point we're in a very unique position right now to launch this whole thing at scale so i want to make sure we're striking while the iron is hot and gathering oh, yeah. all that low no fruit.
1: stop it <laughs> In the book. Yeah, every cliche you can think
0: of. All right, let's take a look at your My Talk traffic. What is the meaning of this?
1: Okay, well, I'll give you an easy one uh, oh, first. Thank God. I mean, I'm shocked <clears throat> that it's taken this person this long to hop on this bandwagon. And then I'm sure next week she'll declare herself the pioneer. <laughs> um, but Gwyneth Paltrow, who literally hasn't tweeted in probably two years, <laughs> tweets this week. Joined, and then at board APYC, ready for the we- reveal. Thanks for the concierge. What? Mm-hmm. It's the NFT bandwagon. It's an NFT thing.
0: Oh, yeah, she's jumping on the NFT thing.
1: But getting paid to do it. And I guess I it bugs me that it doesn't. I mean, maybe she does this kind of stupid crap because uh, you know she's to say Goop. nobody is buying yeah. anything on Goop, but both she and Reese, yeah, and like Matt Damon, they're getting paid to do this kind of stuff. But on Twitter, it doesn't have to say it's a pay- paid ad. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I don't know why this ape. It looks the reveal. He looks like Kurt Cobain in his iconic Stripe striped shirt, t-shirt. yeah, t-shirt. But oh, anyway, yeah. I next week she'll ass. be writing how she's the pioneer and explaining Ooh. nfts and then saying that
0: like how nfts can save our vaginas
1: yeah uh, they if by having reese and and uh and gwyneth uh do this they're they're looking for that minivan majority yeah i just can't, Which I, can't I can't see any I, I don't see a lot of w- women that are going to be like in their you know 30s 40s and 50s that are jumping on the nft bandwagon and making investments in that manner
0: you know what i hate there's nothing i dislike more than celebrities who only use some aspect of their social media like obviously she's only using her twitter for money and i can't stand it like give me some yeah. content i'm not going to follow you if you're also giving me content yeah
1: yeah I know, it. i know it and believe me when she when she's uh, putting her name on something, you can be damn sure it's not going to be a good idea. I know, true. With that. her, all of her I know. other goofy I've things. I've been having
0: this jade egg in me
1: for yeah, two right, years.
0: Right. And I got to, at some point, I think I have to take it out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Bruce Springsteen, um, just bring this up today because I was loving looking at his beautiful picture yeah, from. you might be Street in a Bruce Fighting alert. Man. But this is from an interview a while ago. And just about, you know, Bruce, first of all, Bruce is a fan of rock and roll. He knows his rock and roll history. He loves music. He listens to all kinds of music. And according to the boss himself, he says there's one lyric that he believes is the very essence of rock and roll in these short, uh, this short sentence, we will play the song and then I'll tell you because we're not going to be able to listen to the whole song. I don't know that we'll get to it, but Mm -hmm. here it is. That lyric right there. What can a poor boy do but sing in a rock and roll band? And, of course, Jagger has talked about that he wrote that song. He took part in an anti-war demonstration at London's Grosvenor Square, um, and that penned him to write that song. But Bruce said about how much he loves that song, he said that line, what can a poor boy do but sing in a rock and roll band, he said, is to me the greatest rock and roll lyric of all time. It's a great line
0: gotta hit him. I mean, it literally was like, alright, game on. We're
1: not gonna argue with that. Thank you for the music speak, Bruce uh, Springsteen. Love it, Brucey. Plus, you know, he was also talking about, like, he writes things, like, all these other songwriters you know, that have real meaning and is true poetry exactly yeah. yeah and
0: it's always cool when somebody who's that prolific then says what they appreciate
1: all right hollywood speak this oh. last night you uh-huh. know i like to DVR all the uh, late night shows yes and you do i um paris hilton you know what i want i would like her to get a new style I'd like her to get... Ooh, that's a big ass. I know, but I mean, this Barbie mm-hmm. hair with this long, long extension and the ponytail on top, I know it's because she's 40 and she's panicking Yeah, <laughs> about her age. But I don't know. But she's always dressed that way. It's like she's always... Well, sometimes she has a bob. I don't know. I just think she needs a refresh. She needs a new stylist. Anywho, that's yeah, yeah. not the... I, she's been making the rounds for a peacock thing, and I'm color me not impressed with her fashion, okay? I just think she could really... It's, like, hurtful when you say that to me because it's, like, Hello Kitty <laughs> changing her
0: dress. Like, it's so I corny. I, I love guess. it. I know. But I know, I know. Like, it. it's... I'd
1: like just to see her mix it up and like get a little edgy or something and not always be Disney princess.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Remember when Tinsley came from New York, uh, you know, Real Housewives Mm -hmm. in New York, and they were like, you should change your hair up. And the way she seemed so offended, like it would hurt her soul. It's kind of how I feel about
1: Paris Hilton. Yeah, probably. Well, so last night, though, she's on with Jimmy Fallon. She's in a you know body con dress and lime yeah her hair she's got so many extensions same hair she had on watch what happens live yeah but uh she comes anyway she wore two different shoes she wore a nude shoe and a clear shoe but they were the same they were both christian louboutins yeah so the same pointy toe pump <laughs> that's i find that to be cute You love it? You hate it? Oh, my God. I want to see it. No, I'm like, did she do that on On purpose? purpose? That's what I'm thinking. I don't think that she did, but it just makes me remember. And if you ever watch, and I'm telling you, I saw a picture of Paris and Nikki walking around New York City yesterday on page six, and my God, that woman was walking like her feet were hurting so bad. She had on the Valentino um, strap with the high heel. But anyway... I think one of the th- the thing that Paris Hilton the one vulnerable thing that I mean she I don't think she's ever really talked about it. Yeah. But a long time ago I don't know how we know this. It's like knowing about, you know, the Wonder Bread in, in men's underwear uh, ads. It's just one of these things we know. She has a size 11 foot. Oh. Yes, she has big feet. Ooh. And she and so whenever you see her posing, she's kind of She always it, so. does a thing with her feet because she doesn't want them to look like the gunboats that she feels that they are. The
0: gunboats.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, she hides. She does
0: this little little crossover thing and this like angled.
1: It's she has, yeah, she has She's a very big foot. aware. She's very aware of her feet. And so I think it's, you know, it's like she just had an array of Christian Louboutin, the classic pump, and she just briefly looked down because her hair is really quite she can hardly look down because she must have um, twenty ounces of extensions, and just didn't know it. So I don't think she did it on purpose. I thought it's very charming.
0: I'm a little worried that like the. Louis Vuitton made those like that.
1: No, no. So now it'll be a new trend. People will have so many of the same designer shoe and then wear mismatched You're pairs. just that rich. <laughs> yeah. She's got some paddles for
0: some feet. Yes. Don't, oh, holy she- God. God. Yeah, Holy I never knew that. And
1: probably in a Christian Louis she has to get a 12 because those oh. things run small. Yeah, they're it's, tiny. They're tiny. It's like my forearm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Bless you. All right, we'll be back.